So, you're hiring a software engineer. In Seattle and San Francisco, the tech industry is booming, with hundreds of new employees coming in at a rapid pace. Innovators, intellects, coders, and creators gather at the best and brightest companies to give their shot at contributing to the next big thing in the tech world. But who decides which people get to be a part of it all? The answer is the hiring managers. Welcome to Straight From The Source. I'm your host, Ella Alter. In this podcast, we interview all the executives who have the job of hiring software engineers in the cutthroat competition that is the tech industry. The hiring managers we talk to share their secrets, from creative approaches to closing new hires to effective communication with recruiting teams, and all the interview insights in between. From expert hiring managers to you, we get it straight from the source. Okay, so let's get started. I am here today with Brad Diefenderfer, a technical recruiter over at Cadium. Hi, Brad. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Ella. So would you like to introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about what you do? Yeah. Um, my name is Brad Diefenderfer. I am a tech recruiter in San Francisco. I work for a Series A cybersecurity startup. Um, I came from a background of working for a different, a grouping of different startups in the Bay Area. Uh, prior to that, I was a recruiter for um, external agencies, and in that life, I probably recruited for over a hundred different companies uh, in my tenure. Oh wow! Um, can you maybe talk a little bit about the difference between agency recruiting versus recruiting for a company? Yeah, uh, there is a pretty big difference between the two. Um, ultimately, it is comes down to the same job. Your job is to find, qualify, and hire talent. Um, the difference in how you go about it, what you do, and, and really where you work is the is going to be the biggest difference. Um, in agency, you're supporting companies, um, different companies at different times, doing a ton of different roles. When you're working on the agency side, um, it's really more about building a network and building um, a client base and then working in between the two. When you are internal, it is a little bit of a different focus in the sense that you're helping build one organization, not 20, and you're you're kind of focused that you're looking for on a day-to-day basis is solely one one style of recruiting, which is going to be specific to each company that you work for as an internal recruiter. Um, I would say one of the the other pieces that comes with it too is as an agency recruiter, you're not really concerned with any of the details besides getting a candidate to the client and then having that candidate accept that offer in the end. When you're an internal recruiter, there are a bunch more moving pieces that actually happen in between finding candidates and hiring candidates, and that's where you spend a lot more of your time, whether that's preparing your teams, setting interviews, building interview training, helping with the strategy, the tactics of a variety of different roles, but those roles are specifically looking for very similar mindset skills, um, the different pieces that you would say, like what is what is a great employee that we want to hire, and that's really what differs from each company, and your focus is to learn that and then build that that process at each at each stage I would say. Gotcha. So can you maybe give an example of something that 
you would look for and then walk us through how you would find that, how you would recognize that in a resume or a phone screen? Yeah. So, you know, kind of taking a step back, each company has their own essential bio or set of demographics that they look for. Um, you know, when you look for certain types of companies, they have certain traits based on their industry, what they do, what their makeup of, what their makeup is as a company. Um, in terms of when you, as a recruiter, an internal recruiter, when you come into a company, you want to spend a lot of time doing research and learning and interviewing internal people so you can learn uh, the successes, the failures, the styles, where people came from, what they've done, um, what they find interesting. And taking all that information and bringing it together to then start to build essentially a bio of your company. And those can be different between individual teams, but overall I feel each company has their own demographic. In, in that demographic, it is, um, it, it's what you wanna find and then you wanna build those trends around it. So how you take that into account is essentially in your sourcing, in your interviewing, and in your evaluation. Uh, it's not in the sense that you want to hire the same person every single time for every job, but there are a set of criteria that is are going to show you a candidate is probably a better fit for your company versus another company. Do you think that interview training and that communication with the hiring managers and your team helps you with your success rate? Yeah, um, that is incredibly important. I spend a lot of my time each week working with individual teams, team members, or even the overall company on continual interview training. Um, something that my company does now is we actually host uh, weekly or bi-weekly interview training topics and have open discussions. And this is across all different teams. Um, one thing that we have found incredibly successful through this is we we don't have concerns on who is doing an interview. We are actually, as a company, I mean, I work for a 60-person company, but we're pretty capable across all different levels for anyone to interview. And when I first joined, that was definitely not the case. So it's been incredibly beneficial for us to spend time on the interview training. One of the huge benefits that I have found is our, the teams and my coworkers are very interested in this and they always want to learn more. So it, in the end, it, it essentially helps all of us get better. What do you think is something that you've taken away from one of those training sessions or maybe one of your colleagues who doesn't have as much experience in recruiting has taken away that has really helped you guys uh, as a company? Um, one of the things that I found really impressive, one kind of standout moment was I was talking with one of our, um, one of our more junior engineers. He's been with the company for about a year coming out of after college. And I was talking to him about how to establish next steps and how to, how to keep the ball rolling with a candidate, especially if you really like them on a phone screen. And I was giving him some notes and he was like, oh, this is great. Thank you. Um, and then his follow up was question was, what else can I do? What can I do better? Um, and that just question was really impressive because he was so open to adopting his style to get better. And I think that mentality is something you cannot teach, but it's something that you can work with to craft, um, an amazing interview structure an amazing, uh, an amazing interview style. And 
doing that across an entire company or across an entire team is going to be beneficial because you're going to get better results. Your interviewers are going to be more calibrated. They're going to be better at what they do. They're going to be knowledgeable and have experience. And then in the end, all of those pieces lead to making better hires and, and making the hires you need for your company. Right. And do you have any advice? You know, what kinds of tips would you give uh, a junior software engineer who's new to recruiting and interviewing in terms of keeping a candidate warm and closing them? Um, I would say the biggest thing is just be natural. Um, you know, think, put yourself in the shoes of the candidate. When you're a candidate, what do you want to know? What's interesting? Um, no one really wants to go on a 30-minute phone screen and get asked questions for 25 minutes straight and then at the end say, great, do you have any questions now? Uh, I think that style of interviewing is finding its way to be counterproductive, especially in a, you know, in today's world, we're in a candidate market, meaning there's more jobs open than there are available candidates. So in that market, you have to kind of think with the mindset of this person's interviewing just as much as we're interviewing them. Um, you need to, to really focus on what is the, what's exciting about what you do, what's interesting, what type of challenges are you solving, what kind of things can people be involved in. That way, as they're going through their process, uh, as their candidate is going through their interview process, they have an ability to evaluate and connect, uh, you know, ultimately find, uh, find the right fit for them. And I think if you show a large amount of personality and character, that candidates are going to connect with that. Yeah, definitely. Do you have uh, some sourcing strategies for this type of market? How do you find maybe more passive candidates? Um, yeah, so that is def definitely one of the bigger issues in the, uh, the industry right now. Um, and it's not just San Francisco, it's all across the nation. Mm -hmm. um, specific to San Francisco, you have a, a higher amount of people working in tech um, and because of that, you have a higher amount of recruiters and a higher amount of companies. So right now, the, the big issue in the Bay Area is going to be just the noise in the market, meaning your average, um, let's just, your average software engineer is probably getting 10 to 15 LinkedIn um, or emails a week. So at a certain point, they turn that off and they don't pay attention to it anymore. So your ability as a recruiter is how do you kind of break through that wall? Um, one of the big things that I've looked at is which ways can you diversify your channels to find people? Everyone knows how to use referrals. That's the easy thing. Um, what I have found helpful is teaching our teams actually how to find candidates, teaching them how to source their own network, um, teaching them how to be comfortable at a happy hour or a networking event or a conference and having them ultimately with the comfort and the skills of, of being basically an external recruiter. We operate with the mentality that everyone at the company is a recruiter, everyone is a marketer. So we spend time training everyone to have a certain benchmark that they are comfortable in to go out and try to attract candidates. So that's, um, that's more of a long-term solution. It's not an immediate one. Uh, when you're looking at pure sourcing, uh, it's pretty hard to beat LinkedIn. They own the market in sourcing. So there's a few different things that you can do. Uh, there's a ton of tools out there now, but the 
I would say what I have found the most success in is really diversifying the channels. So whether that be LinkedIn, using external agencies, there are um, candidate marketplaces now, uh, like Hired and Vettery. There are there are sites that now do the pre-screens for you, and then they send you what they call vetted candidates. Uh, Triple Byte is an example of that. So when you kind of look at the, the general scheme of where do you get your sourcing channels from, um, there's, my opinion is, is to diversify that. Do you feel that you get a full picture of somebody's background if you're just using LinkedIn? Some people get really detailed. Some people just have their company and their name. What's something that you look for in a LinkedIn profile that will stand out to you? Yeah, um, I don't. LinkedIn is not the end all be all um, for evaluating a candidate, and I don't even believe a resume is as well. Mm. Um, what is definitely difficult is in. In today's world, a lot of people don't have complete LinkedIn profiles. They will list um, you know, their job and their title, and that's about it. So when I'm evaluating LinkedIn, what I'm really looking for is, is a signal. I'm looking to see if, based on what the information someone's putting out there, whether that be their LinkedIn, their personal website, their blog, or their GitHub, to try to determine what this person does. Is it relevant to what we would do? And then if it is, does this type of person, would they find interest in what my company does? So the way that I kind of look at it is the more time you have sourcing, the more ability you have to um, understand trends and then try to apply those trends and that experience to a certain type of profile or a set of profiles and then from there, evaluate them. Um, the other piece of that too is you know getting sitting down with your hiring manager or even team members on a certain team and walking through profiles and having them critique them or, or say things they like, say things they don't like. And that will help, um, that will basically help your entire evaluation process so that you can repeat that action as you're sourcing on your own. Yeah, of course, that would be really helpful. It sounds like you have a, you guys have a really great relationship between the recruiters and the hiring managers, which I think just in the end benefits everybody. Is there something that you're noticing right now that's really sticking out to you that people have that you guys want? I wouldn't say there's anything overall in specific um, that all of our hiring managers are looking for. Um, my company, we operate in cybersecurity. So if we do find candidates who come from a cyber background or networking background or have an understanding of how the global internet operates and works and how to build solutions around that, that is going to be a huge plus because that candidate basically is going to have industry experience and that can be really relevant for them to um, bring a, a different perspective to us and at the mm. same point work in an industry that at some point they worked in and have shown passion for. Right, yeah, no, that's a really good point. Now, how can you tell in a phone screen? What are some go-to questions for software engineers that really uh, help you narrow it down in a phone screen? Yeah, um, I wish there was just a list of questions that gave you <laughs> everything you needed. Um, unfortunately, it's a little more dynamic than that. Um, the, the style of phone screening that I like to do is much more open-ended questions than a discussion mm -hmm. where uh, instead of just having a list of like 12 questions and running through them and then trying to get an answer on it. Mm -hmm. um, 
so the a few things that I really focus on are, you know, what what is what have you done in your last couple roles? Um, specifically, what did you do? Not you know, what did the team do? But ultimately, what was your what was your um, your specific ownership? And then in that, um, what kind of challenges did you get to solve? What was actually interesting of the work you did? Uh, and then the other piece of that I always enjoy is asking, you know, you were is asking a candidate, okay, you were at a company for two years. Looking back on on what you did, knowing what you know now, how would you go back and do it again? What would you do differently? And and looking at their uh, and in this answer will provide you with good insights um, to how someone thinks and how they would evaluate their work and, and think from a process level. Um, another question I would use as well is, um, you know, what is, what is your preference to what you're working on? Uh, what type of projects do you like to work on? What type of technology do you like to use? And this is a great open-ended question because it's really going to give the candidate or it's really going to give you signal on what the candidate finds important. And from that, based on what you know about your company, you can use that information to evaluate someone. And then you can also use it to um, help set the process for that candidate's experience based on who they'd interview, what type of position they would fit for, what type of work they would do. So I think that kind of answer just gives you a, it gives you good signal for how to move forward. Definitely. Now, when it comes to people who are kind of active job seekers um, rather than uh, passive candidates, I'm sure that the job description plays a big part in attracting them to your company specifically. Do you have any insights or tips on crafting the right job description and maybe some, some examples of what some companies are doing wrong and what you think is the best way to go about it? Yeah, um, so job descriptions were normally created by HR in the past. And HR was looking at it from a um, compliance perspective. So the old school style of job descriptions was just listing years of experience and responsibilities. Uh, you know, saying, oh, we need five years experience in this skill. In today's world, that's not really as relevant because it doesn't have the same impact. Um, people now are much more focused on trying to understand a company's character, um, trying to get value out of who are you, what do you do, what is interesting, what does your team do, what does your daily environment look like? And that is something that is, is somewhat difficult to do, but I have found a lot of value from that. Um, you know, the, the easy way to look at it is writing a, a job description that is candidate-centric, um, not skills-centric. Mm. So in, in that sense, um, listing a variety of things and saying you need to have X years of experience in these isn't really going to provide a lot of value or make a candidate excited about your job. Um, the easier way to look at it is taking um, very specific items to what a team does and giving a a company bio, a team bio, uh, even a, a job bio. And those are more, you know, written paragraphs that describe your company, your role, your team. And then the second piece of that is listing different items that someone might be involved in. And that way, as a candidate, when they're reviewing a job description, they say they can they can connect and, uh, and feel like certain pieces of that job description are incredibly relatable to what they do or would want to do. 
Yeah, that approach definitely sounds like it would be a lot more productive on both ends. To end our podcast, we do a segment called Disasters and Highlights, uh, where we ask recruiters and hiring managers some of their biggest disasters and biggest successes in hiring. So, Brad, uh, can you share one of your, your biggest disasters and biggest successes with us? Yes. Um, one of the biggest disasters would actually take me back to the agency recruiting days. Mm. Um, and anyone who's done agency recruiting has definitely been to this at one point or another. But ultimately, when you have a candidate accept an offer, set a start date, do paperwork, and then the day shows up where they're supposed to, to be at work and, uh, and they don't show up and you never hear from that candidate again. Um, those are really weird times, and it's one of those that you, <laughs> you, you know, in, in recruiting, you're dealing with people. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're working with people, and people make up their own minds, and sometimes they choose to do things that you just can't answer for. <laughs> but ultimately, um, there's, there's very few weird feelings in recruiting um, that equal getting a call from a client and then asking you the person never showed up what's going on and you have zero answers to provide them and the candidate actually never speaks to you again either. So you kind of just sit out there going, well, I don't really know what to say. Uh, let's go ahead and just move on from this one. Yeah, no, I don't think yeah. it gets any worse than it that. Happens. I think that's a pretty, that's a pretty solid disaster. Um, how about highlights? How about what, what makes it up? What, no, what makes you love what you do? Um, you know, at a high, light, a high level, I love what I do because I have uh, an impact of growing a company. Um, I, you know, recruiting, you aren't affecting uh, the bottom line in, in terms of growing revenue. What you're doing is you're doing that through a derivative. You're helping the company grow. You're helping people produce, whether that be product, engineering, business, sales. And in the end, you're, you're able to look back at the company and the people and, and, be able to sit back and look and say, hey, I helped do this uh, is a pretty cool feeling. Um, and, and there's few that few feelings like that that you can find in recruiting. And you kind of have to take a look back or take a step back and, and look at the forest and not the trees. And uh, one, of the, one of the big highlights that I've been able to find in my career is, um, you know, ha having friends, um, having people that I've been able to have, build great relationships with. And knowing that it all started because I sent him a random email or because they applied to a job that I was working. And I would say that's, that's ultimately the biggest highlight of why I love recruiting is, is the ability to, to really impact people and impact a business and help people find better jobs and end up, you know, building relationships with those people. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, I very much like my job. Um, I love the team I get to work with. And... Um, you know, there's some people that we've hired, I've hired over the, the last couple months, and, uh, and we, have, we have a lot of fun at work together, and it's because they're, they're enjoyable people, and that's something that is, uh, is really the, the ultimate goal of my job, is not just to find talented people for a job, but talented people that I would enjoy working with. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking the time. Anything else you'd like to say? I just want to thank you all. This has been great. I uh, really enjoyed it so far. Of course. Thanks for coming on. Straight from the Source is brought to you by PeopleMaven. PeopleMaven helps hiring managers get recommendations for talented software engineers. Find us at www.peoplemaven.com.
Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to Straight From The Source. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. We want to know what you think. See you next time.